Our scripture reading this morning is from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 23. Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If a man tells his father or his mother, Whatever you would have gained from me is Corban, that is a gift given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And many such things you do. And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Now the prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I love a good family tradition. And this past year, Emily introduced a brand new tradition for us where uh, we gift each other books and then we spend the entire day doing nothing but reading and drinking hot cocoa. Finally, a day where I can read and do nothing and have no guilt. We all have traditions that we enjoy and that we love and that we cherish deeply. But every so often, our traditions can become a problem. For instance, when our traditions become more important to us than God. And that's exactly what's going on here with the scribes and the Pharisees. You see, they followed a tradition of washing their hands before eating, not to avoid germs, but to keep themselves ceremonially pure and clean before God. Now, we know that in the Old Testament, God gave laws about um, how to be clean or unclean before him. 
But the Pharisees, in an effort to keep people from coming anywhere near making themselves unclean before God, they took stuff a step further. They added extra rules and regulations in addition to God's law. So to give a modern example, uh, we know that the law says you have to stop at a red light. Running a red light is breaking the law. Now let's say a group of people come along uh, and they, they want to make sure no one comes anywhere near to running a red light. So they say, you have to stop at every intersection even when the light is green. And they want everyone to follow this new tradition that they've come up with, as if it itself is the law. And that's sort of what is going on with the Pharisees. Because this idea of washing one's hands to make you ceremonially clean before eating was not a requirement of God's law. It was a requirement of what the Pharisees call the tradition of the elders. And so when they see Jesus' disciples not following that tradition, they're appalled. Jesus, why aren't you teaching your disciples to, to hold to the tradition of the elders? What's wrong with you? And I really like to imagine Jesus giving them some sort of look like, really? Do you want to go there? You know how you think you're better than the people that Isaiah prophesied to 700 years ago? Well, newsflash, he was talking about you too. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? He calls them hypocrites. And what's interesting is the Greek word that Jesus uses here is the word we get hypocrite from. It's hypocrites. You can kind of hear it. Hypocrites, hypocrite, hypocrite. Um, and it means an actor or a play actor or a pretender. And so he's telling them they act the part of following God, but it's just for show. He quotes Isaiah 29, 13. You give glory to God with your lips, but your heart is somewhere else. They're giving God lip service. We know what lip service is, right? It's, it's when your kids say, yes, absolutely, I will definitely take out the trash, and then they don't. Lip service is also doing stuff right, maybe on the outside, but on the inside, your heart's not in it. The Pharisees speak praise to God, but their hearts are thousands of miles away from him. And then what's worse, Jesus says, is you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. They actually toss out God's commands in honor or, or in, um, in exchange for their own man-made traditions, even while saying they love God and his commandments. And then Jesus goes on to show them, here's how you've done this. Here's how you've elevated your tradition above God's commands. The fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother. This included taking care of one's parents financially in their old age. But at some point, the Pharisees' tradition had created a way to avoid obeying this command. Simply, they would just have to tell their parents, whatever financial support you would have gotten from me, well, I've given it over to God. Thus, they had no obligation to obey. No obligation to obey the fifth commandment. 
Meanwhile, it seems they got to hold on to this money that they supposedly devoted to God. That's another story. But by doing this, they throw out God's word to elevate their man-made tradition. Now think about it. They're using God as an excuse to ignore God. Do we see the problem? And Jesus says, you guys do a lot of stuff like this. And so truly, their hearts are far from God. But the truth of the matter is, God wants our hearts. Jesus doesn't just want us to say we love him. He wants us to truly love him. He wants our heart's deepest affections. It's easy for us to give God lip service and to have our hearts be miles away. We can go through all the motions of coming to church and passionately singing the songs and participating in Sunday school, but does Jesus have our heart's affections? We can act like we're focused on God, but inwardly care more about following our own way. It's kind of like a boyfriend that tells a girl how devoted he is to her while texting another girl to say, hey, do you want to go out with me? We'll disconnect there. And so we have to ask ourselves, do our actions at home, at work, at school, do they line up with our profession of faith in Jesus? Where am I giving lip service to God but not truly loving and obeying him from the heart? And understand, this is not about having a perfect heart before God. None of us have a perfect heart before God. But it's about our lives lining up with our words. And as those who devote our hearts to God, we must obey God's commandments. Jesus says in John 15, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Our obedience flows out of a loving relationship with the one who gave his life for us, the one who loved us first. But it's very easy to to try to weasel ourselves out of obedience to God's ways. Sometimes we, like the Pharisees, use our tradition to uh, give us an excuse to ignore God's commands. For instance, uh, let's say Mrs. So-and-so down the road broke her leg and she needs someone to sit with her on a Wednesday night uh, to help her get dinner, help her get ready for bed. But someone says to her, look, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I attend a Bible study on Wednesday nights. I think it's great to attend Bible study. (laughs) I think that's important. But isn't taking one night off of what you traditionally do to study God's word in order to bless someone a way of living out what you're learning in Bible study? Wouldn't God have you break your tradition there? Or here's an example from our society. On some school or college sports teams, you have the older players messing with, pranking, humiliating, hazing, whatever, the younger players. Sometimes in very cruel ways. And an older player can say, well, look, that's just the tradition. That's what we do. But in going along with it, We'd be ignoring God's command to love our neighbor for the sake of tradition, a tradition that violates who God calls us to be. 
imagine being that teammate that just encourages all the new people and just being glad that they're there. What a witness that would be. It's also very easy for us to transform our traditions into law. Where something that's really a man-made tradition, we start calling, well, that's God's way. The Pharisees elevated the tradition of the elders to the level of God's word. But we can do the same thing. One example. Good Christians dress up to go to church. If you are not in a suit and tie, God is not honored. It's not a bad thing to dress up for church, and if that's the way someone worships, that's wonderful. If that's part of their worship, great. That's, that's not a problem, but if in doing something like this, we begin to judge others as less Christian because they don't follow our same tradition, which isn't commanded or implied in the scriptures, that's an issue where we've become like the Pharisees. Because the Bible doesn't tell us to worship with a suit and tie or to worship with jeans and a t-shirt. Neither of those existed in the first century. What God cares about is our hearts. All we ask is that you come to church in clothes. Another example. That's how we've always done it. And we're not going to change no matter what. Now this implies that God can only ever work one way in a church community. But if we say this, we can inadvertently close ourselves off to the Holy Spirit's leading and it can actually keep us from adequately obeying God's commands in the present day. Traditions aren't bad. Traditions, many traditions are wonderful and great, but the problem is we have to be careful that we don't make our traditions more important than obeying God. We have to be careful that if we have a tradition we value that isn't a biblical command, we don't judge people's Christian life based on how well they adhere to our tradition. And in all of this stuff that we see, that we see in the Pharisees and ourselves, it shows us that we as human beings have a major heart issue. We need spiritual heart surgery. In the second part of this passage, Jesus explains that unlike what the Pharisees say, a person isn't made unclean by what goes into their body, but rather what comes out of their heart. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, I love a Disney movie as much as the next person. I really do. I could sing probably all of the songs. But despite what most Disney movies tell us, follow your heart is a bad idea. Because our hearts deceive us. Our hearts produce in us, like Jesus says, all sorts of sin. And all sin starts in the heart before it becomes an action. Without Jesus, our hearts have zero hope of repair. Only Jesus can transform our hearts. Well, what is the answer to all these things that our heart produces? Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, wickedness, deceit. 
The answer is Jesus stepping in and transforming our hearts moment by moment. By us going to him and saying, I surrender to your transforming grace. I need you. I cannot do this without you. It's immersing ourselves in God, in his word, in prayer, and in Christian community, where God ministers to our hearts and guides us and directs us. We need the Holy Spirit to work on us, to transform us from the inside out. And what is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is transforming us? When rather than producing the things Jesus mentions, our lives begin to mention, our lives begin to produce, as Galatians 5 says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all for the glory of God. It's a lifelong process of Jesus transforming our hearts. We will continue to struggle along the way. And we all need the support and mutual encouragement and prayers of one another. But in all of it, we find Jesus working to transform our hearts and make us more like him. And so how's your heart this morning? Where do you need to ask the Lord to work in you? What have you heard today where you need God's transforming grace to work in you. Know that God's grace is great enough to forgive us where we have failed and to give us the power to begin again. Let us pray. Lord, we know that many, many times our hearts are not right before you. But we are so grateful for your grace that calls us to you and calls us to be renewed and transformed. And so we pray you would show us ways where our lives, are, our hearts are not living according to your way. Lead and direct our paths. Draw us nearer to you in Jesus' name. Amen.